called us to do. We want to know about these kingdom culture values. Now, I think I've premised this a few times. I've said this a few times. I'm going to drink a drink. I'm going to drink a drink. I'm going to drink some water. That's what I'm going to do. Um, we, um, I mean, this idea of culture. Have you guys, have, who's been out of the country? Vicky? There we go. So you guys have, you know, cultures are different. They're not like here. Like lunch, naps, uh, food, uh, atmosphere, um, just uh, the way you go to the bathroom. Lots of different cultures. The way you talk, the way you treat one another, the way you treat spouses, all way different, diverse cultures that we have here. In fact, I remember actually, um, I've been to, I've been to Haiti and I've been to it was just so cool. I, uh, two years ago, I got to go to Senegal. Um, was it two years ago? Yeah, it just seems like not, not that long ago. Um, but I got to spend some time with some missionaries that were going all over Africa, and we had this big old bowl of rice and fish heads. Which, by the way, for those I think I've talked to some people, I'm not a fish person. I just I like I can do some shrimp, I can do some salmon. I'm good with there. But fish heads, that's where it feels like I crossed the line there. Um, they don't take the bones out. It's not picked apart. You do that together in a meal, in a circle, and you're pulling and you're grabbing with your hands, not a utensil, your hands. And so that's their culture. That was how they did life. That's how they did meal. And it was actually really fun. It was weird for me the first day. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I just get myself into? This is, this is just different. But I loved it because it created, it was a, their culture and I immersed myself in their culture, and I became just friends with them, and I just I fell in love with these people, and I got um, got to spend just even just a short window of time. But culture is fun; it's important. It's it sets you apart, and you have cultures, subcultures in your home. Um, it's important to know that you have culture, and what culture you come from. But here's the thing: we don't want our culture, right? We don't want the American culture. We don't want the European culture. We don't want the. It's nothing against any of these cultures. But we don't want to be known as the American culture. We want to be known as the kingdom culture. We want to have that in us. We want to have his kingdom, his ways, and they look way different than this kingdom. Um, there's the earthly kingdom, and then there's his kingdom. It's going to be complete opposite. It's a complete war with one another um, because they do not look the same. They do not act the same, and the fruit is not the same. Um, so why we're doing this, okay, so I'm going to go through it real quick. And it's honestly just going to be not fair to you guys. Um, I'm just going to read through these things. Um, you're going to be hearing about this. And the reason why also I really want to do this is because I want us to get to know God. I want to get, I want to look like God. I want to look like his ways. I want to do the things. And I feel like this gives us, I mean, this isn't things, okay, this is not going to shock some of you. Some of you are like, I've heard this stuff before. I mean, this a concept. I got it. I got it. I'm not going to be teaching you. I'm going to give you language. I'm just, that's all it's going to be. It's just language. Some of you, it's going to be like, oh, that's cool. But it, the goal is to create language, language and very simplified words. Like when I say things like, we want to have joyful repentance. And Laura was talking about repentance and, and she said it in a few sentences, but joyful repentance pared that down into what it really was. And I loved how Laura, you were just sharing and just to summarize in a really butchered way. It's, it's our joy. We have an acidic mouth and you know, we feel acid saying, I'm sorry. You just kind of feel, Ugh. I feel like miserable when I'm saying I'm sorry to the Lord and I just feel like crud. But when I don't understand, when I don't understand what is coming my way is forgiveness and mercy and who he is and encountering his love. We, when we, we come with that acidic apology, 
that's not really, it's just how bitter is that? But when we realize we're like, it's my joy. I get to repent. I don't have to live in shame and condemnation anymore. I joyfully repent. I don't have to push pause later on and go and whip myself for something. You know, I don't have to do that. I can joyfully repent. I can go to my father because I know who he is and I know how much he loves me and how quickly and readily he is to forgive me. So things like that. But again, joyful repentance. It's a quick phrase and it's a quick reminder. It's again, it's just to help us give language to what we're talking about. Because I think as, um, as believers, we like to talk about ethereal things. We love to talk about these big, grandiose statements. And the nitty-gritty of it is we don't really do some of it. We like to talk about it, and we get along pretty well. Um, but I want us to be accountable to what we're called to do. I want us to be about just Jesus and the gospel message. I want us to be about apologizing, joyfully repenting to the Lord. I want us to be called. Again, this is not for pastors, preachers, evangelists. This is for all y'all. This is for everyone. To be courageous, initiatory leadership. That's a, I love how extended that phrase is, but it's, it's this idea of we're called to lead. We're all called to lead one way or another. Not in the biggest ways, not from the biggest platforms, but some way we're called to lead because we're going somewhere, right? Um, and we want to be radical servants, so radical servanthood. We want to be radical servants in the kingdom. That doesn't mean we have preferences. That means we have desires to serve in whatever way. You see a need, fill a need. That's the idea. Speaking life. We know that as the prophetic. Speaking. But I don't want it to be, again, I love the prophetic. But don't limit yourself if you're not exercised in that to say these big, nice, big phrases. Again, grow in this. Grow in this. But I don't want the idea of just like, if I can't do a big prophetic word and get the picture and then exercise that muscle... Please exercise that muscle. But to say I love you is a speaking life. To say, wow, I see you. I see what you're doing there. You're doing such a good job. That's inspiring. That's asking the Lord what he has for that person and just watching people like God watches us and speaking the things that your father would say to somebody else. So speaking life, it's important because the power of the tongue is in life. and as Life and death is in the power of the tongue. We want to be about present center living. We want to be engaged with the fact that he's with us at all times. We want to be about faith. Our faith has to grow. We need to be strong in faith. We cannot do this without faith. Unoffendable heart. This is a fun one because if you want to ask for an opportunity to be offended today, there's ample opportunity. Um, there's plenty of opportunity, plenty of resources to be offended. Um, you could be pre-offended by things that have even happened yet, but you project in your mind that what's going to happen um, I love that. I think that Michelle coined that phrase, and that was my favorite. Pre-offended. Um, happy holiness. It's our desire to be holy like he is holy. That means not watching a bunch of stuff that just fills us with garbage. What you behold is what you exude. Like, behold the Lord, you'll exude the Lord, right? Like, you'll you'll sweat. You're, the fruit that we squeezed out of you, then you're squeezed like a fruit. You will taste like what? It'd be weird if you were like an apple, and like somebody squeezed you, and you tasted like an orange you're like, what, what, what's wrong with you or your fruit? It's not, it doesn't make sense. What you behold, what you do when, you, when you're reaching deep in your roots, which again, if you're rooted in Christ, what's going to come out is going to be the fruit of the Spirit. So we want to be holy. We want to be set apart. Stewardship and excellence. Being a good steward of what we've been given. We waste too many days wishing that someday we'll do something and we keep saying we'll do something. Do it now. It will never come back. Today's not prom- today's not even promise. Honestly, you got may have a half day. I was kind of joking about that, but that's reality for some of us. The reality is we might die today. 
Are you a good steward with what you have? Um, and do it with excellence, not where you're like a, like per, a perfection. That's an important thing. Not perfect, but excellent. There's a difference because perfection means you'll never get there. Excellence, you do it the best way you can and keep growing. Soul winning. We're all called to do that. That's not for me. That's not for some of us leaders here. That's for all of you. We're called to win souls. We're called to preach the gospel, share the gospel, the love of Jesus. We're called to do that. And teachability and discipleship. We're called to disciple one another. I like this because it takes the, it really, and when it comes down to it, it's that, I, I wish I had this picture now. I realize I don't have it. Um, but there's this funnel. And, you know, and this is not to offend the church of that now, but like so many wait to go to the pastor and there's just this small funnel and barely anything comes out. Anything comes out leadership wise, anything comes out disciple wise. It's because you're waiting for the biggest people to talk to you and you're not willing to be a disciple maker. We're not being willing to be what may do it because we think it's for everyone else. We think it's for me. It's not my job. It's my job to equip you to do it. It's my job to encourage you to do it, to edify you. But that's actually, when you look at the early church, they gathered together to, not the pastor to encourage one another, but everyone encouraged one another to good works. It's everyone's responsibility to be about teachability and discipleship. I like that word, teachability. We need to be teachable, right? We're, I mean, you, can't, you joke about like, old dog can't learn new tricks. I disagree. <laughs> we need to be teachable. We're not called to be old dogs. We're called to be teachable. We are called to be willing, flexible, ready to be changed, ready to do whatever God does. Chisel off the things, drop the weights, get going. Like again, like we talked last week, drop the anchor, put up the sails. Let's go. That's the idea of we want to do it. We want to do whatever God has called us to do. And that may make it uncomfortable, but we have to be teachable to do that. Oh, so that is it. That is in a nutshell, but we will be going in depth over the next few weeks. Um, cause I really want it to be about us doing these things. Like, again, like we can preach about it and teach about it all day long, but somehow we're going to have to figure out a way to start doing this stuff. Like, how do we start doing it? Maybe it's creating small groups, which again, I'm praying that we can start that. Maybe it's talking about in small little, you know, pods of groups. I mean, it, teaching one person about this and talking about it is a start. So here's the thing. We want his business. We want God's business. This is why we're even doing this. We're about our father's business, right? That's what Jesus said when he was, I mean, I think he was 10 or 12. I don't know. He was in the temple and his parents were looking for him and they lost him for three days, which, man, I cannot imagine losing my kid for three days. An hour maybe would terrify me long enough. Uh, Three days is a, (laughs) man, like somebody must have fed him the whole time. I just can't imagine but he was there and he's like, I'm about my father's business. I am in my father's house. Didn't you know I had to be in it? I'm about, that's all he was about is his father's business. He didn't do anything except what the father told him to. He was about it. He was establishing the kingdom. That was all he kept sharing. He was sharing, showing us the way of how to be about our heavenly father's business, to be fully in surrender, to be fully aware that we are establishing a kingdom on earth that looks nothing like this earthly kingdom. So John 14, 7 through 11, it says, because this is the thing. Again, I just want to prove it through Scripture. Again, every time I say something, I want to prove it. And if I don't prove it, you got to come, come to me and talk to me, okay? Because, like, I really want us to be about the Word. We don't just pull things from fun ideas and good-sounding thing. We need to be about the Word. So if we really, and it talks about, Jesus says, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, 
you do know him and I've seen him. Philip said, Lord, uh, show us the father and that, that'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Cause I love it. He prefaces, he got, I already said it in verse seven here. Don't you know me? Even that you've seen him. Even after I've been with you among, among you such a long time, anyone who's seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and that the father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own. I do not speak on my own. Not my own authority. Rather, it is the father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the father and the father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. We want to be about the father's business. So again, so this culture, we're, we're changing this, shifting the culture, this kingdom. So this kingdom, the fruit that's produced here is opposite to the fruit of the spirit, right? We know the fruit of the spirit, right? Do you guys know it? Again, I, I don't know all of my, <laughs> so, but uh, actually I just shout some out. Yes. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. Okay, these are good. Yes. But here's the thing. Here, what, do you know what the fruit of the spirit of this earth is? Not, not the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of this earth. I'm going to skip a little bit about, uh, well, actually, I'm just going to read through the whole thing. Uh, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated on the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you, what? You're dead. You're died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you will also appear with him in glory to put to death, kill this thing. Oh, okay. I'm just, I want to be really aggressive about this word kill. Cause like we are so passive with killing things, crushing things in our life and our, these sin natures and these lies and these things. We, if we just play with them for a while, it's like, no, kill them. Cause we're dead. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, put to death, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the in knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in, in, is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That sounds pretty opposite to the spirit of this age. Anger, rage, Malice. Wait, hold on. Holy, dearly loved, we are living in. I lost my place. Don't mind me. I'll look over here. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And also this bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love that binds them all together in perfect unity. I really like this 13 and 14 because I think that sometimes, again, this is just praying again, like this, let that soak in because 
bear with one another. Make allowances for one another. Not tolerate one another. I love that because we need to do as a church again. You're all going to drive each other crazy at some point or another. That's what families do. (laughs) We drive each other crazy. Now the question of the day is, do we repent? Do we go to one another? Do we just deal with one another like, oh, you know what, that person, I just won't have to hang out with them because they're over there and I'm over here and I don't have to deal with you. That's not love. That's not forgiving one another. and That's not repenting. Man, I, it was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my life calling a few people out of the blue a year or two later after I was angry at them. Never talked to them. They have no idea. So how awkward. I mean, I'm in the clear. I could just easily just ignore this person for the rest of my life. Or... I could be really awkward and call them. So I call them and I, and what betterness of that? Our relationship is restored. We are loving one another well. That doesn't mean we have to be best friends. But man, I felt like I love this person so much more after we talked on the phone. I would rather apologize and be awkward than honestly live with frustration and irritation than little, 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 little pricks of just like, ugh, just, they just drive me crazy. Uh, <laughs> We want to love one another. We want to put on love that binds us, not just the fruit of the Spirit, but binds us together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, not a few bodies, not body parts, one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. That's another thing. Be thankful. That's not what the earthly world does. You want to ask people to be thankful? They'd like to rather have the next iPhone. I'm sorry. They're really excited for the next thing, the next thing. They're not thankful. They're expecting, they're angry, they're frustrated. Where, where is this thing? Where's my thing? They're entitled. We want to be thankful. We want to let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another, not the pastors, but admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, which we did, hymns, songs from the Spirit, which we did, singing to God with gratitude in your heart, which we did. And that was so good. And whatever you do, whether word and deed, and not just in song, But word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And that is worship. And I apologize. There's going to be a lot of scripture today. Because, again, we are wanting to be about his business. We want to be about establishing his kingdom. Because his kingdom does not look like this earth. And his kingdom is not established the way kingdoms are established. In this kingdom, we don't belong. We're strangers. Get used to it. I think that's one of the things I'm like, I have to be okay with being weird. That was my favorite thing my dad ever said to me. You're weird. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and my dad's a believer and he loves me and he's excited, but he's like, it's a compliment to be called weird, strange, unusual, peculiar people. We want to be a peculiar people because that's refreshing. We want to be refreshing. We may not, they never, they never ever agree with us. But they would rather be refreshed by us, our peculiarity, and not just to be unusual for the sake of being unusual. This kingdom makes us unusual already. You don't have to be weird out of the sake of being weird, okay? <laughs> like some of us are weird by just nature, but we want to be weird in the kingdom sense. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but I love you guys. You bunch of weirdos. That's all right. <laughs> we want to be weird, and I love that about you, and I'm weird. Oh. But here's the thing. First Peter 2, 11, 1 through 11. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice, 
all deceit, the hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. I want to be like a newborn baby, craving pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Not sustained by it, but grow up, because you go to bigger things, bigger meats. You want to be craving this pure spiritual milk. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. And as you come to him, this living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture, it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And now to you who believe this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his mar- wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. We need to wage war a little harder. I love that warfare, spiritual warfare. It's there. We need to be praying and project. We don't have to be wild. We can speak to those demons and they will flee. But we need to be confident and rid ourselves of these things and be willing to be rid rid of these things. We want to be citizens in his kingdom. We are, in fact, citizens in his kingdom. So, paradox, we don't belong there, but in his kingdom we belong. We're here. We're in his kingdom. We're already established. In Philippians 3, 1 through 21, man, are you ready? (laughs) This is a good chunk, but it's good. Furthermore, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again and again and again and again. It is a safeguard for you. It's not offensive to be repeated things, right? We don't want to be offended when we're like, I've heard this one before. No. Be willing to be, let it be a safeguard to you. Like, yes, yes. It's not a surprise to me. It's a, yes, I agree with this. Again, a safeguard. Watch out for these dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is by, it is we who are in the circumcision, we who serve God by the Spirit, we who boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. This is, I love this. <laughs> if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But, I love this, but whatever were gains for me, I now consider loss, trash, nothing for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider self I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, 
for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on. I press on. I keep going and take hold of that which is which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straightening what is ahead, forward for what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me headward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Don't go back. Don't shrink back. Live up to what God has called you already to do. Whatever God's shown you, revelation, don't go back. Don't go back to your vomit. But rather, live up to what you've already attained. Join together in following my examples. My example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Again, that's where the fruit comes, right? If you want to ever have proof in the pudding, you just look at the people that are around them. Do you see examples in them raising up disciples and people repeating and emulating? That's what he's saying. Look at the people around me that we're teaching. This is the proof in the pudding. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I know that was a lot. But it just really sets a precedence. That's what he's doing. He's like, I press on. It's not saying I'm good enough. I press on. I want to be a great citizen of his kingdom. I want to be an example of his kingdom, which leads us to the other thing. We're not only citizens, but we're ambassadors. We're not just going to be survivors in this kingdom. We're like, hey, we made it in the gates, right? No, press on. You've already attained something cool. Move on past that. Like, again, like if we live in this just passivity of just like, yeah, we're good enough. Like, I want to grow. I want to keep going. I want to keep growing. I want to keep knowing. Um, it's not boring to get to this part and it's, it's boring to live here. It's great to keep pressing on. You're missing out on glory after glory. And I love how, like, just again, wave after wave of just, um, he's renewing as he's re, he's living. Ah, uh, how, how did Michelle say that? And it's a passage deep onto deep. We want to be deep onto deep. We don't want to just live at this level. We want to be deep onto deep more. Increase that level, God. And here's how we know. I love it because Pharisees are like, okay, where's your kingdom, right? The people are asking where this kingdom is. A Pharisee was asking, he says, hey, when's, you know, when, when's your kingdom coming, God? 
Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, oh, here it is. It's a building. Because he's like talking about buildings. He's, he said, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Not in churches. Not in ministries. He's in your midst. The kingdom of God is in the, you know, McDonald's. He's in the nursing homes. He's everywhere. He's everywhere where you are and he's in your midst. That's the important thing. Like you guys, your feet, where's your feet? You see your feet? Look at these beautiful feet that we have. How beautiful are the feet of those who share the gospel. We're spreading the gospel with these two things here and speaking out and living it out. I can't go into nursing homes. I can sometimes go. I can't, but I can't go to the behind the counter of McDonald's. I might get kicked out, but somebody that works there can take it there because they're allowed. They're allowed to do stuff there. Again, wherever you go, you have the best mission field. I can't ever get in that mission field. You guys are already there. We're called to be investors because, again, like you can be an ambassador. It's again, we don't just say we're just ambassadors, but we also are investors and sowers of his kingdom. Because we don't want to store things up here like investment of our, our, again, there's nothing wrong with buying stuff and buying things. But again, guess what? That all goes away. I was talking with Rich the other day. He said, I was just, he's like going through all of his mom's stuff. And he's like, oh my goodness, you kept all this stuff? Trash, trash, trash. It's just how it is. It all goes in the trash. Some people see some value in some of it, but it's, it's more sentimental. Again, even after my mom passed away, a lot of that stuff, I was like, mom, why did you keep this stuff? Like, I love that you, you thought this is cute, but my goodness, throw it away is as trash. But that's okay. Lay, but the treasures that you're setting up, the treasures that you're investing into, they're eternal. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think this is, again, it's just a, the eye of the lamp is the, of the body. The eye is the lamp of the body. There we go. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. What we behold, what we store up, it's beautiful. What we store up in ourselves, what we behold, what we read, what we pray, what we receive from Revelation, what we see God do in our lives, that cannot be taken away from us. That cannot be ever destroyed. But honestly, we fill ourselves with, unhealthy things we feel are if your eyes are unhealthy your whole body will be full of darkness if then the light within you is darkness how great is that darkness we want to be full of light we want to be full of his truth and no one can serve two masters see we can't serve god and money we can't serve god and then sometimes serve god he's like you got to do one or the other you can make money that doesn't mean you can't make money you guys can make money all day long he's like but don't serve it don't serve this idea that someday you will serve God and serve God on the side and whenever you can. No, now. You're, he's, his, he's your master. He, you can you only can serve one. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Are you going to let me God, are you gonna let me starve? Or you know, are we gonna, am I going to find drinks? Or what am I going to wear? The pagans run after these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first, first things first, 
Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Again, I can't tell you how many times I thought I need to look and make sure we make money. I'm like, and then God's like, just, just seek me. Don't worry about it. Don't stress. Why are you stressed? It never, ever take, it always takes care of itself. God always brings the right amount. It doesn't always have to be the way I like it, but it's the way that he provides. I mean, I can't tie. I got a check the day of my credit card being bill, uh, bill being due. And I'm like, oh, God, could you could have cut it a little closer. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm going to miss out on that, you know, immediate deposit. And, and he's like, who cares? You have enough. And it's just that reminder of like, did you have to worry about it? Is the money in your account? Did you pay your bill? Awesome. Cool. Didn't I provide? Aren't I nice? Like, you didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> And that's the whole point. Like, we want to be about his kingdom. If I just spend myself fretting about my bank account, fretting about how things are going to happen, fretting about my kids, fretting about how people are doing this, I, I, we just fret too much, fret about our politics, fret about everything. But seek first his kingdom. His kingdom. We want to be about his kingdom. We, the wonder why they don't believe us sometimes is the way we live. People can call bullcrap on some stuff we do. I'm sorry I said that, but, yeah. but it's true. If you ever want to know, your, your kids can tell. Little kids can tell you. They see the things that you do and they know your value system. When you start saying stuff and it's really awkward when your kid pretends he has a phone in his hand and he's like this. I'm like, oh no, I didn't put that thing down. <laughs> I need to kill that. Um, and again, like, you know, you're on your phone. That's nothing. That, I hate these things. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But the idea is like, man, they really want to see the real truth and the evidence of what are spending our life. And like, just spend your time with your kids. Spend time with kids, period. Like if you work and serve downstairs, awesome. But spend time with people, little people or any people around you. They know what your value system is. If you ask them like, hey, can you tell me 10 things about me that, that I love? And they, and they tell you what it is and they're like, oh, that's awkward. Like that's, that's uncomfortable. You don't want to be uncomfortable knowing afterwards that was your values. And again, like, I love Rich. Again, he was, and I love this, he knows he's not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. We are not perfect people, and we are just, man, praise the Lord that we even get to do anything in this kingdom at all. Um, but he just talked about the, the reason why he keeps watching that video and crying over and over is he's like, wait, those are the words? They chose those words? I know what I've done. I know how I've blown it. I know what a mess I am sometimes and how I didn't do everything right. And he's like, but still, that's the words they say they saw of me. They spoke into my life. And that's their takeaway. And that's good, right? And again, like we're not trying to flatter people and get puff them up. But the idea is that's the value system. They see it. And I want to, before my you know deathbed, to know that people knew it and they don't have to feel bad and say something nice to make me everyone else feel better on my deathbed. You know, like, I want them to say, wow, I see that in you now. I want to see, wow, you're faithful. Wow, you're steady. Wow, you have, uh, you're never offended. You're always just so chill. Like, again, I've hurt your feelings a lot of times, and, I, and you, every time we're fine. There's no offense. There's no baggage. There's no nothing that comes along with that. Man, I love that you love to be holy. I love the fact that you don't watch trash movies sometimes. And I, I always want to, and, and I always feel bad, like, Again, it's okay to be holy. It's okay to behold holy things. 
Again, I love some, some movies. But again, it's nothing against movies. It's just the idea of like, what do we allow ourselves and our time and our investment into? Man, I'm, I'm so convicted by that one. I, I want to behold God and become holy like he is holy. And the thing is, the reason why we want it to be about his kingdom is because this kingdom's going to fade. Kingdoms, kings and kingdoms, they come and they go. But his kingdom lasts forever. His kingdom is forever, eternal, never ending. We will see the fruit of our labor. Or we will be saying, I wish. I don't want to say I wish. I really don't want to say I wish. Because your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion reigns, endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. That's why we do this. That's why I want to go through this. That's why I want us all to be about this. It's again, not what you, not, you're not doing it, but I'm like, let's take the, if I'm doing it, start teaching it, right? I'm not going to teach it all. I can't teach it well. And again, the testament of this, it's going to go like 5% in here and you're going to write down, maybe it's like maybe 7% retain, retention and growth and whatever. That's, that's the real stats there. Um, but the reality is I want you guys to be like 100%. I want you to be like 90%. Or even 70% is great. I guess that's passing grade. No, um, for most people. For most classes. We, but we want to be above passing. We want to be above. We want to grow. We want to grow. So I want to figure out how can we start doing this. So pray for us. As again, we're going to be moving. The idea is we want to start doing small groups. We want to start doing people life on life. We're really challenging each other. I love iron and iron. And iron. It's it's uncomfortable, it's fun, it's awful, it's all the above. And it's, but again, like, wow, how much better are we in the long run? I want to be about his kingdom. So that is the introduction to this. Just the intro. Just hold on, yeah, hold on to your, hold on to something. <laughs> but again, like, we're going to be, so try, okay, I'm challenging you. I know if you lose it, I won't, I won't give you the stink eye. But please try to bring this. There is also one other thing, and we'll talk about that. And I love this little thing, the four R's. Um, I think it's in the back. This is kind of a nice one because if you're ever like, again, like the reason why we always, we have a hard time moving forward and like saying yes, it's usually because we're living in shame and condemnation and we're like, uh, we're just kind of boohooing ourselves and it's like, no, I'm going to four R this thing. Cause like sometimes it's cause we're living in sin some parts, like, Maybe it's shame, maybe it's pride, maybe it's, you know, lust. Maybe it's, I don't know, it's like there's a whole spectrum of different you know, sins we got out there. Maybe it's rage. We need to 4R this thing and get rid of it and move forward. And so by 4R, and I'm trying to remember that, I just apologize. Oh, it's on there, there we go. I have it here. We repent. Joyful repentance, we repent. But not only repent, we don't repent from what we've done, but we also receive his what? His forgiveness. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then, not only that, we rebuke the sucker that says that, you know, we are whatever. Like, you know, if we're dealing with lust, rebuke that lie. Like, no. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I am not a lot. I'm not a lustful man. I am a man that's holy and pure and set apart. And then, not only that, because you can only do it with awesome words of your own, but better yet, replace that with scripture of who you are. Because, again, you are these things. God has already spoken in his word. That is truth. So replace that with the truth of who God says you are. And we're going to go more in depth than this because I think this is good. 
we need to as a church, again, constantly, we're, I mean, I know we're struggling sin sometimes. It, we are, small sins, micro sins, but there's sin. We don't want to be full of sin. We don't want to struggle with sin. We want to be cleansed from all our sin and living in righteousness. So, man, I am all over the place on this. And this is, I'm excited. I'm excited about this. This is going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be good. But again, I can't do all this. I can't retain all this. I can't teach you all this. I can't make you do these things. It has to be accountability. It has to start somewhere. So we're going to figure out in the next few weeks, next months. I mean, this again, we're praying about this. We want to be about accountability because this is accountability right here. You can't really squeeze out of doing some of these things. These are God's kingdom cultures. And you look at it, there's passages. It, it backs up what we're saying here. We can't get out of it. It's really good accountability, right? Like, you know, if we're not, you know, being, if we're having struggle with joyful repenting, like, again, like, we can talk about it. Like, why am I struggling with that? Why am I struggling with repentance? And again, then you start moving forward that way. It's not just to just knock you down, like, you, we're not living up to the standard, but it's like, okay, something's wrong. Let's, let's figure out what the wrong thing is there, the root of that is, and like, let's go from there. And it's good. It, uh, it, again, I'm just, mm, I'm not going to jump in. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'll probably keep talking for another half hour, 45 minutes. Um, I just, I'm grateful that we get to do this together and just set the tone. This is just a foundation stuff because we're not above this. We wanted the foundation. We want to live in holiness. We want to live in these things. And um, we want to be about his kingdom. I want to see not only us living this out well, but I want you guys to invite people into this. These are, these are equipping tools. You can talk about these things. That's the best part. You get to share this. Like you, you can barf out whatever I've said. You can ask Holy Spirit to speak into you and you do your own study on this. You can do these things. This is great equipping tools. Use these. And if I need to reprint it again, I'll reprint it again. Like I would rather reprint it, but bring them each week. It's a homework. It's a good thing. Like write notes on it, scribble it, make it like nonsensical to anybody else but yourself. Write all over this thing. Highlight. I don't know. Whatever you need to do. Write out passages that back it up and, and whatever. I really want you guys to be about this homework and jumping into this. Sorry you guys are doing school today, but um, I'm not sorry. <laughs> all right. I could keep going. <laughs> but I'll stop. <laughs> no, I want to sing again. Like I think we were singing that song earlier, and I just love it. Um. Here as in heaven. We want that. Again, I, I just, I love that song. Your kingdom come, your will be done here as in heaven. We want that kingdom of culture. We want him to be established. We want that for us. We want to see his kingdom come, not in someone else's generation, but in ours. And you guys are the ones that are going to be passing that on. You guys are the ones that are going to be moving and perpetuating the next generation. And I'm just saying, you're not too old to pass this on. We're not too old. Don't, I love that was, I forget, I'm trying to remember who said it and I loved it. Don't disqualify, I think it was the elderly. I don't know how they said it. I like, I, okay, don't disqualify us though. It was the idea. I'm like, I will not. You are not disqualified. You guys are all called. You guys have days here on earth. Yeah, worship team. I'm sorry, you guys can come up. I'm never going to give you that. I'm never going to say anything. Oh, but we're not disqualified from that, right? Oh, I don't ever want to be disqualified. I don't want to ever find myself like, well, what is the use of me anymore? Like, I'm too old, too young. That's also a disqualifier. Don't do that. You're not too young. You're not too old.